I always enjoy when we start Podbean. Do you? Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, we're back live again on Bucks and Brews. Um, Sunday mornings. That's that's become kind of average for us lately, hasn't it? Sunday mornings. <laughs> this is a great mornings. Say as we move our drinks. Our alcohol right in, front, in front of the camera here. <laughs> so next drink in Wicked, I got Arnold Palmer. Yep. Say I went with apple and black cherry. Okay, I'm making my own Arnold. I they only have lemonade or iced tea, so I'm just mixing today. Very exciting. We're joined by Nicole from Betty's Pages, which is a local uh, independent bookstore in Lowell. It was Independent Book Day. It was, yeah. It's like Christmas, but for book nerds. Right. So was that yesterday? So this is timely, I guess. I, I think you and me have a different idea of what Christmas looks like. But Christmas does involves like Rochester Mills and yeah, both types of stout. Uh, so we haven't we haven't really met. I say actually, it's weird. Nobody's really filled me in on a lot of the things that you do, but I do know that there was some stuff shared Facebook. Um, because I'm a real estate person. I say your 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 built your building had some leaking in the roof and it caused a lot of damage for you guys. How's uh, how's that going? Days Nine days. Nine days. I went in on our ninth day, which was a Saturday, oh. and it was literally raining inside my building, and I was just like, just speechless, which is not a thing that happens to me often. And I called my landlord and managed to leave a voicemail that was not sobbing called my best my husband sobbed a little bit he's like i'm on my way called my best friend and was just full-on sobbing on the ground by the time my husband got to the store because yeah nine days in and it was raining water and books don't go well together yeah no that doesn't you know um it's weird because i get so many phone calls that it's it's pouring it's a river in here and i get there and there's like a drop of water on the ceiling and i'm just like all right and i I got like this exact phone call uh last week and the kid's like there's a lot of what like it's rushing down and i'm just like okay whatever you know and so I, i send my contractor over and my contractor's like there's a like he filled buckets full and he's like yeah i went and bought him a 55 gallon tote like we're it's he goes i drilled three holes in the ceiling and i was like oh that's a shit ton of water okay like i officially believe the first person ever because normally it's just i'm not like one drop of water i'm like all right i'm glad we're worried about that one spot i had to drop everything just to get there so now now so did you on the insurance wise did you get to claim insurance for that And our building was built over the river. And so my insurance hadn't gone into effect yet because it needed to be underwritten by somebody other than my local insurance because of just the the construction of the building. So it was set to go into effect on Wednesday, and we we flooded on Saturday. Oh, that's even worse. That is is my number one recommendation I give to any new business. Make sure your insurance has started before you start because, yeah, yeah. I got our rent back from our landlord and we moved to a new location, but otherwise I was just out. Uh, we ended up losing about 300 bucks. So. Oh, that's a lot of coin. And he didn't yeah. fix, he didn't fix the building. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not in that building anymore. Um, there is another business in there and I was sure to warn them first of like, 
make sure make sure you have your insurance and also make sure that the building isn't leaking because yeah. it will leak. So they haven't had any issues yet. So I, I wish them well and I hope the best. But I was like, I'm out. I can't. Right. I, I driving by it every day because it's just down the block for me. I get like little flashbacks of that horrible, horrible day. Did you did you lose any one of a kinds? really cool science fiction collection um that i had gotten that were from like the 70s and 80s and there was a couple of really cool books in there that i lost and i'm sorry to hear that that's uh that's no good i uh i i don't know it's it's hard to have a loss especially nine days into like literally you couldn't have even made your money <clears throat> at this point well and for nicole nicole when did you open uh, January second, twenty twenty. So our flood was on the eleventh. Nice. So she was open two months before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting. And so we ended up closing for a month because of the flood. We moved to a whole new location, and we opened. And what I like to call our like we opened and stayed open date um, was around uh, Valentine's Day, so February twenty twenty. And, and, and we waited a month, and then we got closed down for COVID. Jeez. Okay. So she really went through the ringer of stuff in the beginning. Yeah. So, welcome to owning a business 101 right here. Right. I stopped saying, well, what else could happen? It can't get any worse. Yeah. I stopped saying yeah. that because it just kept, kept getting worse. I was like, nope. I, I never say that. Um, I learned that very young. Um, you know, when people always say, hey, it can't get worse. And, and you know. It can always get worse. It's, it's uh, I, the universe at that point. Don't right. Yeah. It's just, and, and so because, and I never <laughs> wanted to know the answer to that question, right? Because I know. Like if I think in the back of my mind, there's so much worse shit, and I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, so I will never ask that. I just look at that, like the task at hand, and I'm like, leaking ceiling, cool. Now it's just like instant, take care of this, right? Like I have a flat top roof. I'm calling this guy, this guy. Like this is getting taken care of. We're mopping. We're doing whatever. No, that's crazy. So, uh, thank you for joining us um, so early on a, a Sunday morning. Um, this episode is is going to be very interesting. So. Nicole's business is in ultra-conservative Lowell. Yeah. My wife's business is in ultra-conservative Byron Center. You live in ultra-conservative Jenison. I do. Nicole's sitting here with her Black History Matters shirt on. You and I have our pride baseball hats on. Yeah. So we're all pretty uh, outspoken with how we feel about things. And I know Nicole has really felt probably both ends of this to i would say extremes yeah um being that you know how conservative lola is dawn always says she goes i don't understand how we escape this at break room therapy and i i tell her we're not downtown we're not in anybody's face people have to seek us out whereas if you go to betty's pages the right downtown Lowell. Right in front of the business, Nicole has a chalkboard that she's written Black Lives Matter on and as and other things. And it seems to piss every ultra conservative person, we're gonna say person, yeah, off. <laughs> So we, our Black Lives Matter sign has been out since June, and it's always been some variation of Black Lives Matter on it, but it's always said that since June. And we've had people vandalize it, we've had people spit on it, we get lots of people yelling at it. Uh, I have a security camera that faces it after the first couple of times it got vandalized. I was like, well, this needs to be a thing. Uh, 
enraged white people walking by being like, and I'm like, someday I'm going to make a compilation of the videos of people making just the ridiculous faces. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be YouTube gold. Like, you, I'm going to make millions off of that because it's hilarious to me. Start doing so, it now. Start doing it now. Yeah, see, oh, yeah. put it up on TikTok. I mean, this will be hilarious. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it makes me laugh because I'm like, I'm sitting there and my, my desk is usually where I can kind of see the front. And I do that on purpose so I can kind of know like quickly if anybody's messed with it. And I'll see people walking by and then I'll pull up the video and I'll like watch it and chuckle and just like, okay. Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about Nicole is she's been branded as anti-American. And anti-police. Nicole, yeah. mm -hmm. you served this country, did you not? Sure did. Six years in the Air Force. And what does your husband do? He's a corrections officer. So he works in law enforcement. So she's anti-American and anti-law enforcement. <laughs> They've decided out an ultra-conservative wall. Yeah. I'm literally so. everything that they say that they love, um, but also they hate me, so... And, and I, I did, full disclosure, attend one of the, uh, what do you what do you call it? Yeah, it's our racial equity vigils. Okay, so she has a, a vigil out there, and this was probably September of last year. Um, I was told that we had more people that supported us that day, maybe because the first thing they saw was angry brown man on the side, I don't know. Um, but we did have a lot of, you know, idiots yelling stupid shit like Trump 2020. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's, that's we came it. on a good quiet day. That was, that was pretty chill. Uh, we, have, we have one lady. She looks like a Norman Rockwell painting until she hangs out the side of her car yelling, F you guys, F black lives, white lives matter, just like screaming at the top of her lungs. And she will drive by like three or four times when she decides she wants to come down. And we're just like laughing because we're like, what else are you going to do? Like this little old white haired lady hanging out the side of her Buick, just screaming stuff at us. You're like, have a nice day. I don't know what you mean. You're proving our point. Yeah. You. Right. You know. uh, so tell us how this has negatively impacted business. Let's start there. I mean, I have to buy a lot of chalk markers. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the, the, neg the negative is all of the people who say they won't shop with me. But I don't really see these people having been big readers in the first place. So I feel like I lost out on maybe like $5 or something. So really, it's just the time and energy I have to put into dealing with the bull. Like, it's like I have a whole... Uh, Google Drive where I keep track of all of the threats that I get and all of the vandalism and all of the everything that I have to deal with. So I just keep track of that for insurance purposes. So that way if they ever do do anything more than just be annoying, my well, insurance will go after them because they're not going to want to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm sure that, you know, negative reviews and calling the yeah. police and stuff like that, that's probably a general day. A, a bunch of times. Luckily, at this point, um, the police in the city, like, they are aware of me and they know what's going on. And they're just like, "Can you please stop calling us about this? You're being ridiculous." Um, the city manager has had to go to a couple of people and be like, "Because people call about my sign, they like to claim that my sidewalk sign is breaking the uh, local historical buildings signs ordinance. Sign ordinance only applies to 
signs that are attached or affixed to a building. Mine is a sidewalk sign that is outside. So the city manager has had to go and talk to other businesses and other people a couple of times and be like, please stop calling us. She is within her rights to have whatever she wants on her sign. Get over it. So. Well, it's not out there 24 hours a day. Right, yeah, it's only out while I'm open. Right. And that, that is part of the sign ordinance too. You can't leave signs out overnight if you're not open. So I pull it in every night when I close up and I put it out every morning when I open. Sure. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I say you didn't really get to see, you didn't build anything before this this movement kind of came around. So you wouldn't see the the negative impact of the amount of customers that you had lost. Um, you know, I can, I can see now the positives, right? The exact opposite. People want to support people that think the same as them. Um, and I think everybody has the right to think the way they feel. And um, it's just a matter Shop of how, businesses that support what you believe in. I'm 100% yeah. for that. And if I'm not that business, cool. As a grown-up person in America, you can go spend your money wherever you want. Right. So, well, I think that's the annoying part. I don't necessarily agree with certain businesses. Like, we'll go Chick-a-Fil's a good example. Chick-a-Fil's. I don't call them by their name. Fuck them. I don't like them because they don't like gay people. Yeah. So I have never spent a dime at Chick-a-Fil and I never will. I don't shop at Hobby Lobby much either for the same exact reason. Yep. Amazing how that works, right? Don't go shopping there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it's supposed to be. And I think that especially, you know, the, the traditional business advice has always been stay out of politics, stay out of religion, don't offend anybody. But millennials and younger especially are like, I... I work hard for my money. I want to make sure that my money is going to a business that supports the things that matter to me and that have the same ethics that I have. And whatever side of the you know spectrum you fall on, that's absolutely how this is supposed to work. Like you get to spend your money, and that's your vote. That's your voice. That's how you get to make a difference. Is where you choose to spend your money. Oh, and you know, I agree. I agree upon that. Um, but I, what I find is people don't right, and they but they. They'll do it in like a small business, but um, I personally, like David and I disagree upon things. Like, I absolutely love Walmart, okay? I, the business mindset, like the idea that they go to another country, say, hey, you're taking care of for the next five, 10 years. We'll buy everything you can produce. We'll do this. Like, to me, the whole business aspect of it, like, you've you've destroyed and created such an amazing business. Good for you, Right. And then we get into like longer parts of how I hate the, the tax ID and the tax things and stuff like that. But um, they develop this thing. But then like you hear so many people talk about, oh, I hate Walmart. Dude, I've been there. I, I've seen all of you. I know for a fact you all shop at Walmart. Like, no, you you will always go money aspect, right? Um, you know, uh, we talk about it because I, I try to support my, my local uh, hardware stores all the time. Um, but I'm the first to get pissed off when I, I went and bought a, a tub of mud. It was a five gallon tub of mud. I don't remember what it was like 25 bucks. And I walked into Lowe's and it was 14 bucks. And I was like, Oh, see, like I could have just gone to Lowe's. I have no problem supporting the Lowe's aspect, but like, I'll always pay a dollar or two more, but like to pay that much more, it like, Oh, it just ate, 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 ate me alive. But Lowe's doesn't sell single screws that I need <laughs> my hardware store will. So, um, you know, I, I think every business is designed in how they want to grow it, right? Like if you, you could have the choice to put, hey, Black Lives Matter or not, right? You could put your beliefs out there. Or you could not. Like you're the one that's putting your financial life on the line. You choose how to do it, right? So like 
for anybody else, they have that same opportunity. If they wanted to open up right next to you and put a Trump store and all lives matter signs out, that's completely up to them, right? Like nobody's going to stop it. And, and honestly, most real mad about it. Oh, go no, go ahead, Nicole. I get a lot of people get real mad about what my sign says. And I'll ask them, be like, well, where's your sign? Where's your business? Go, go. Nobody's stopping you from doing that. Yeah. Go put whatever you want on your sign. And there's a guy who sits across the street from us every morning at Richie with his very racist, sexist, homophobic signs. And people are like, well, don't you want the police to stop him? And I'm like, no, because if they're going to stop him, they're going to stop me. And I, what what I stand for is that I want him to be able to say whatever he wants, no matter how wrong it is, and I want everybody in society to look at him and say that he's wrong because that's that's I want everybody to believe that Black Lives Matter and that you know love is love and all that stuff. But if he can't say what he wants to say on his sign, I don't get to say what I want to say on my sign. So we just wave at each other and go about our business, and he does what he does, and I do what I do, and. We get more likes than he does. So. Well, I noticed this with extremists on whatever side you're an extremist of. You always project what you really feel on the other side. Yeah. So I wouldn't say you or myself or Don were extremists when it comes to black lives or biopic lives or LGBTQ or any of that stuff. We're more realist in the fact that no life is more important than any other life. And we're, you know, happy to support everyone as long as you're not a jackass. Um, for example, we had somebody contact us for an interview on a job. You're going to love this story. I don't know if Don shared this with you. And they said, and I quote, I see that you're very supportive of gays. I want to make sure I'm paid the same as them. And Don goes, what do you mean? Well, I want to make sure they're not, no, those people aren't getting more than I am. She goes, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not getting anything because I don't think I'm interested in hiring you. Yeah. And then he got offended, um, which, you know, is no different than my neighbor stopping my wife and saying, uh, we want to have a rally because those gays and blacks have moved into the area and we don't want them to live here. And I, I ask myself, am I in 1910 Alabama? Where the hell do I live? Everybody wants to be in, I, I chalk it up to laziness on that aspect. It's like, I, you know, because, oh, you enjoy where you stay and then your surrounding has changed because guess what? Everybody else thought that, hey, this is a nice area. You have, this is America. I tell this to people all the time. You have every opportunity to move and go where you feel you want to live, right? Like now, if you want to be around this, you could build, you could own all the land, own it, and then only sell it or parcel it off or rent it out to people that you agree upon in that aspect, right? Like you have you could do that, right? And then when it's done, you don't have to do that. But you know, I, I'm in the Again, I'm in the the business for for housing, right? I mean, that's, that's what I do, and so the government has set standards for fair housing acts, right? I can't discriminate against gender, race, color, uh, anything. Like I, if you're gay, if you're not, like I can't 
discriminate against you. All I can discriminate against is what your financial and your history of your background looks like, right? Like I can only judge you based off of your character and how you handle money aspect. And that's when I look at paper, like half time, I just have to match name with name, but like, it's literally just, this is what it is. You have an eviction. You don't have an eviction. You have a felony, a felony. You don't have a felony. You make this amount of money that covers this sweet. Everything here checks out. Anything less, this is no, anything more. Great. We have some, we have somebody good. Well, and for you, I know that, you know, not to speak out of turn here, you are absolutely prejudiced when it comes to what kind of bills these people are, might be delinquent on. Yes. If they're delinquent on mortgage or rent or credit cards or the car payment, yeah. you're probably going, yeah, I, I don't want to take a risk on this person. Yeah. Whereas on the other hand, if they're delinquent on medical bills, yeah. So, yeah. You don't care. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, so I get the opportunity to choose that. Right. And, mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I don't know in my business, it's cut and dry, but I see it so often where, Hey, you know, this, this happens, right. Oh, you know, we, we do, we own in, uh, downtown Grand Rapids where it's a very predominantly, you know, gay area. I mean, every, every sign, is Black Lives Matter and pride flags on every house in the street. Love is love. Yeah, and my, you know, my wife is like, oh, I could live here. And I was like, I could not. Right? <laughs> like, I can't be, I cannot be in downtown Grand Rapids in the first place, right? <laughs> like, the, the amount of, like, you know, fourplexes just up and down. And I'm like, I, no, it's too many people all in one little spot. I can't do this. Um, like, I have, four, I have four cars, right? I'm like, where am I going to park mine? <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. Where my mother lived when I was born in Chicago. Yeah. With my father. Gay area of town. Oh, perfect. Nice. She loved living there because nobody ever bothered her. That's exactly it. You know, I mean, what are they going to do? Make me breakfast? Uh, so I would prefer it if they did. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, um, you know, most people don't understand. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm six foot, six foot one, quite a large man. So when I, you when heard I, well, yeah, when I, you know, when I show up with a, with a pride hat and I'm showing a unit or something like that, like I'll get, I'll get a quick look and then you could just see it. Just now I'm gonna keep that one to myself. And I'm like, I bet you are. Cause this ain't gonna happen. This is a, but syndrome i'm telling you man it's always a little people like my see that's the difference my brother's five six and he's scrappy and he'll just go for it and then all of a sudden it's against me and i'm like all right it's me and you bro yeah it's like way to go no it's uh so now how has it positively impacted your business uh, before we get into that oh. nicole i i have to interrupt nick i got a text message Blonde. Are we willing to try this and give a review on the podcast? Oh, heck yes. Has, hell yes, we are. So if somebody wants us to try a beer, and we are always down. Let's say, we, 
Sorry, Nicole, go ahead. How has this positively impacted your business? ways um the first one is just that like my customers are very passionate about the store and they're so supportive because they know what i stand for so they're willing to do everything they can to make sure that i'm going to be successful and show up and be helpful um and then i think the the one that's biggest and most personal for me is just getting to have especially the teens but really anybody in our community come in and be like i feel seen here i feel like i matter here that i have a place where i can go that I'm going to find a book or just even company of people who are going to care about me and, and want me to be here. And I was like, you do, you are your love. Please come in. And yeah. so we get a ton of people who will walk in because they just, just, they don't even know what we are. They just saw our sign and we're like, Hey, I just like come in and say thank you. And I'm like, come hang out. We've got books. It's great here. And they, and they usually do hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I know you kind of, you hit it on a little bit and I'll, I tried to have you have the same answer um you talked about the teens and people kind of coming in have you seen any change in the community the community itself that you're in have you um in, in a positive or a negative way um i i definitely brought out the best and worst of people um we have a facebook group that's for our our neighborhood community and i can't post in there or even really comment without bringing out like the worst in people and also the best in people i like to think yeah. um so we, we have found a lot more it's an interesting community they will do whatever they can for you they'll give you the shirt off their back even if it's a trump shirt they'll give it to you if you need help they will help everybody and then they will turn around and continue to vote for and prop up institutions that will like try and do active harm and they had a hard time seeing that that was the same, like that the same person doing those things means you're not really that much of a nice person. You don't actually love me if you're actively trying to harm me in these larger kind of ways. And so in Louisville for a long time, you were able to just be like, oh, it's such a nice community. Everybody waves and says hi and this, you know, smiles at you. But this last year really showed that like, I don't care if you're willing to smile and wave at me and admire. I want to know if you're going to have my back for people who are trying to actively harm me. And so people are no longer able to just pretend like they can be both. And so that has been something that I've seen a lot in the last year. A, a lot of us who are progressive and liberal have found each other because we all thought we were the only ones. We were like keeping our heads down so that our Confederate neighbors wouldn't notice us and we're pretending like, it's fine, I'm here, but okay, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, and so we found that there are a lot more of us here than we thought. So we've been able to create a community and, and have that support and meet each other and create that network. Um, so that has been positive, but yeah, you also see a lot more of just the angry, the vitriol, the just things that people were able to pretend didn't exist. Um, it's hard to ignore when you see them downtown shouting obscenities at you. Right. Well, I think, you know, for me, especially, I, you know, I, I'm forthright with people. I, I basically talk, I'm an asshole. I hate everybody. Yeah. But I'm an equal opportunity asshole. I don't hate you for anything you may or may not be. I wait until you open your mouth and then I find a reason to hate you. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a good person, I'm probably going to like you. I might not tell you I like you, but I'm probably going to like you. Like Nick, a lot like me is very outspoken, but we go on very, very well. I, you, there are some things we don't agree on. And, and as Mike has said, those are his favorite episodes because we'll argue. Yeah. But we always come to an understanding. We have a beer and we're happy guys. 
we we don't do anything we don't do anything uh, upon such a negative of a hate type of a thing right like we we run businesses very differently our opinions on things are are there but in the end we just hope each other succeeds right i mean um so do you live in lowell okay so i almost bought a i almost bought a i think it was a roller rink a bowling alley a mini golf and an an ice cream shop um i oh laser tag i almost bought that building um but say you know and then i would have had to manage it and then i would have gotten away from my other real estate stuff um i kind of i always regret not owning the fun things i want to own in life like but i know that maybe someday it's it, no, I doubt it. I, like, you know, let's say, because I, if I did, I would do it with a partner that's like, they want to run and manage everything. I'll just be a You're silent. Just the money. Yeah, the silent. And then I just come in and drink at the bar, and nobody will have any idea. Like, yeah. why does this guy never have a bar tab? Right? Like, that's, you know, if the bowling alley aspect, I will just punch bowling balls up all day. Right? Like, that's all I want to do in life is. If Nick's there, he's there. If not, okay. Well, you know, my wife makes fun of me too. So we had a group come in yesterday and they're four, we're going to say late middle-aged black ladies. Okay. So they're probably in their mid to late fifties. Sure. And she's like, well, I'll take them. I'm like, no, I got it. Because for whatever reason, when I hit that age demographic of black ladies, they love giving me shit. Of course. And I'm happy to take their shit. <laughs> because we'll sit there and we'll joke around and I'll tell them the rule. And they never break any of the rules that I give them. Because they know not to screw around with me, but at the same time, they totally screw around with me as much as they can. Yeah. And I'm happy to let them pick on me. I, I, had, I had a lady one day, I told her to take her jacket off because she's going to get warm. And she goes, what's your name? I give her my name. She goes, if I get cold, I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's fine. You can come for me. I'm perfectly fine with that. She gets done with the session. She walks, you know, back into the main area. I said, hey, uh, were you cold? She goes, no, I was not. You were absolutely right. I'm like, yeah. Um, so you don't really have numbers to compare, which is, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you heard of anybody saying they don't want to come visit even though they support you uh, because they don't feel safe? That's a good thing. No, we get we get lots of people who come in. So it's been a weird year, obviously, uh, with COVID and people's decisions on whether or not they are or aren't going to make safe choices with COVID. I have been on the very extreme safe choice. My husband is an essential worker. He's had to work every day at this crisis. And I knew that he was incredibly exposed and I was not going to make that worse for us because he pays the bill. Like I, I my store is self-sufficient, but he, he like keeps us in food and, and pays our bills here. So like he needs to be able to work and stay safe. So I was not going to put him in any more risk. So we were incredibly strict from the get go. We closed before we were required. We stayed closed longer than required. We're very vigilant about masks. So that actually helps keeps a lot of the assholes out because they don't want to wear a mask, which is very helpful for me. Um, and so I have a lot of people who are like, this is the only place that I've gone to shop because I know that I can come in here and everything is going to be safe and I'm going to be able to come and shop and not have to worry about 
COVID. I'm not going to have to worry about assholes being in here. I'm not going to have to worry about people harassing me. And so like, I've actually had the opposite of people being like, yeah, no, I know this is the one place I can go where I can be safe. And regardless of what it is that they're concerned about, they can come into the store. And I'm going to assume the answer to this is yes. Have you noticed that you almost seem like the customers that you get only be only come because they know you're a safe place. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I literally will get people who come in who are just like, they just want to come in because they saw my sign or they just want to come in because they saw, you know, something that I posted on Facebook or for whatever, you know, whatever it is. That is the only reason they come in. I've had people come in who are like, I don't even read books, but I just want to spend money with you because I love what you're doing. And I'm like, Spike Money is my favorite buddy. Here's our other selection of things that we have for sale. And they, they always go out with something. Yeah. Um, so you brought up your husband being the, 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 the money aspect of things, um, and the community. So now the, I'm assuming the community has met your husband, they know what he does. Um, is there any, has there been any issues with his job? Any people trying to attack him? Not in a physical way, but like, um, call- right. um if they are, he probably wouldn't tell me. Uh, he's very, very protective, and he likes to downplay when bad things happen to him at work anyway, so like he, he would never tell me if they did. I would like to see them try, because like I said, he's a big dude. Well, he's not. A, I look at him and I see Teddy Bear. Everybody else looks at him and they go, I'm not going to mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure, I'm sure people have said stuff to him. Um, you know, but he's, he's that guy at work that like, Try and say a slur against the LGBTQ community. Try and say something racist in front of him. He's not going to put up with it. But like, ha- has his boss gotten any complaints? Like, yeah, say that's the the biggest key is. No idea. Yeah. Um, we, you know, the people that I know that he works with are all like super incredible, fantastic people. Like, three of his coworkers came out after we flooded and helped literally move bookcases down the side of the road because we were moving about a block away. So they helped, like they literally hauled bookcases down the road. You know, they've all been super supportive. I've had a bunch of his customer, his coworkers who supported the store just because, you know, they, they know him and so they know me through him and they were like, oh my gosh, you own a bookstore and what you're doing is so great. So like if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they have, but he would never tell me. Sure. Well, that's kind of our way, I would say, as, as men. I mean, we're, you know, if it's really bad, we just don't tell our wives that, that shit's yeah. going on. And, I usually hear about the bad things that happen to him from his coworkers yeah. who will then message me and be like, oh my God, did he tell you about this? And I go, no. <laughs> and so then when I get to him, I go, hey, babe, so what happened at work today? You don't just crack him a beer? Let's say. <laughs> yeah, literally, if you give us something to drink, we're probably going to spill all of that. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I think, so now let's talk about your bookstore a little bit. Why did you open it? What is your goals? And, uh, what do you hope to, yeah. So like, what do you hope to get to with this? So I worked in banking before I opened the bookstore. Um, I had a great career. I really loved what I did. I got a new job that was better in title and better in pay. And I hated my life. I was so bored. I I was a glorified, like I was, I was a personal banker and I was a glorified computer. Like I would type stuff into a computer and somebody else on the other side of the state would make the decisions and I hated that. And so I kind of just out of boredom started kind of sketching this idea of a store. And I was like, man, if I could do anything, I would do this and this is what it would look like and this is what I would want. And I created this space that 
I would love to go to and that my friends would love to go to. And so I shared it with my husband and I shared it with my best friend. And they were supposed to be like, that's cool. Keep doing what you're doing because you're really good at it. You make good money. And instead they were like, oh, you should do that. And I was like, wait, what? That was not, that was not the answer I was expecting. And so uh, I spent about nine months kind of getting the store ready, looking for a location, starting to like learn everything that I could about the, the industry and really like building my business plan and uh, left my job the day after Christmas. And then we opened on January 2nd and then closed. But uh, yeah, so it was just kind of like this whole, if I could do anything, this is what I would do. And then I had people supporting me and backing me and saying, yeah, go for it. And so the whole plan was that, you know, we would try it for a year. And if at the end of the year I didn't like it or we weren't succeeding or, you know, for whatever reason, then I would still be really hireable in the banking industry. I would still, you know, be able to go back to do that. And you can survive anything for a year, even if you were just eating ramen and, you know, living, living low. Um, we, we figured out that, you know, like I said, my husband's salary could cover all of our home bills as long as we didn't have to spend our personal money to keep the store afloat. He was like, it's fine. Make your dream happen. Go for it. So I did. And. The nice thing with opening when I did in 2020, when COVID hit, I had no idea what normal was supposed to look like. I had no built-in ideas of what a successful season was supposed to look like. I didn't know what a normal Christmas was supposed to look like. I had no frame of reference for that. And that really helped me in being able to pivot and try new things and come up with ideas and keep, keep moving forward because like, this was all I've known in this business was struggle and, and bad things happening. And okay, now what are we going to do next? Um, and so that really, really helped. And we had a profitable first year, which is not normal for small businesses. Um, you know, the bills were paid, the lights were on. And then in this year, I actually got to pay myself for the first time. So that was very exciting for me. That's huge. Well, and, you know, shameless plug for us. Yeah, We've done those episodes. How to live cheaply, how to eat uh no money because of of course you and i both struggled we we know those struggles yeah. nick nick's very happy with buy a head of lettuce and you got a meal for five days <laughs> so uh i mean i just had my wife asked me the other day she's like what do you want for dinners during the week and like one of the besides tacos right it, it literally went like this tacos i really want hot dogs yep Love like, hot dogs. It was just, you know, so and it wasn't the money aspect. It was literally like I just and she didn't make them fast enough uh, for, because once I wanted hot dog, then I ended up at yesterday. Yep. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I didn't care about that. Uh, it was literally, but we still had them the next night or whatever at home, and I was like, okay. I spent a lot of time with Nick's in the summer because he has a pool. Yeah. And Nick, what do we eat almost every time I come over? Hot dogs every time and am i ever annoyed with the hot dogs no i freaking love hot dogs it's the worst thing in the world but oh my it's the reason i can't be a vegetarian uh so uh it's it's, it's a more side story but go ahead. um my wife and i were just talking and she goes hey i want to go back to being vegan and i was like i'm ready for it like i'm i'm done and then we were talking and i was like except i was like no i'll probably be i'll probably be vegetarian because like I don't, i'm tired of giving up cheese and I really like, I will probably eat hot dogs here and there. And she goes, okay, like everything else can just be meatless meals. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah, really don't care. I like, need hot dogs. Yeah, exactly. I, I say it's, 
it, it's it's the small things in life that make me happy. So um, my wife, because you both know my wife, yeah. is totally pissed at me today. You want to know why? She goes, "What do you want to eat for the week?" I went, "Grapes." She goes, <laughs> "Just grapes." Okay, what else? I'm like, I just want grapes. She goes, "Red or green?" I'm like, "Yep, yep." I want grapes, and she goes, "So you want grape spaghetti and grape lasagna and grape this and grape that?" I'm like. I just want grapes. Nothing else sounds good right now, so just buy grapes. I'll be a happy guy. No, it's like my my food list constantly goes. All right, so she goes, "What do you want for the weekend?" I'm like, "All right, tacos, tacos, tacos." She goes, "We can't just have tacos." Fine, I want tacos, burritos, enchiladas, and hot <laughs> like, dogs. Say how I want, but like it's always just a straight Mexican lineup. Like here we go, right? Go. This is why you um, need to live in Mexico. I do. Um, so now with <laughs> with with your business. Um, are you doing online sales? Are you? Yeah. So we hadn't originally planned on doing online. Um, I, I had a website where I planned to have like our events that were upcoming and, and stuff like that, book reviews and whatnot, but I had zero intention of doing online sales and then COVID. So I had to quit, create an online store to be able to sell things. Um, and so we sell our books online through a website called Biblio. Um, so our entire inventory is listed on there. And then on our actual website, I just highlight the books that I particularly love. Um, and so I have like kids books um, and I love to highlight different diverse authors on there. Um, I've got a whole social justice section for books that are dealing with a whole variety of topics related to social justice. Um, and then I've got a whole section of pre-orders. So our, and then all of our gift items. So we've got like stickers. Stickers are huge for us. I don't know why. I love them. So I, I guess it's good because everybody loves stickers. Um, we do cards. We've got tarot cards. We've got t-shirts like all kinds of fun like funny book t-shirts and stuff like that um and so people can get all of that online because i wanted people to be able to shop with us still safely from home um so we, we have the online option and it's been interesting because since uh when i originally opened the store our point of sale system is one system our online system is a different system and then our card system is a third system and they weren't ever supposed to communicate to each other so that wasn't the intention and then when they needed to, and they didn't, I regretted everything that I had decided to do the year before, but we make it work. Sure. So, oh, because Nicole likes stickers, I think we should get her some bucks and brew stickers. Oh, we honestly. should. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I love stickers. So much fun. We love stickers, too. That's why we buy them. <laughs> so I, I have a quick list of questions I've, I've just been writing down. Yeah. Um, do you write yourself? I love to write first chapters. So many story ideas and i write first chapters like nobody's business and then i lose focus and can't keep writing them but i do help other writers uh so i do a lot of beta reading and i have a best friend who's a writer and we bounce ideas off each other all the time because i'm a huge reader so i i know all of the tropes and all of the plot holes sure yeah. um so then how many how many books do you read on average a week or a month however <sighs> Uh, let's see. In April, so far, I've read 23 books. Um, what? It's, so one a day. Yeah. Like, I was. I'm, my goal is to end up at, with one book a day in April. April is an unusual month for me. I've just been really on it this month. Uh, like, but on average, I read about like 10 to 15 a month. And how many books have you read in the last year? How many pages? Um, so I keep track of every book I read. So everything from a picture book up to a full like novel. Um, so this month I've read like six picture books and then the rest have been um, like a hundred pages or more. 
How many books have you read in the last year? I read my daughter a book the other night um, while going to bed. So I, I bought a book from Nicole like six months ago. I've read yeah. like a chapter and a half. I I'm I'm part of a I'm part of my real estate group, and they all like everybody says, hey, if you want to be successful, you have to read. You know, because successful people read what four or five books uh, a month or something like that. And I was like, fuck, I'm not successful. Um, and not so by I, those terms. I, I would well, like, I would yeah. like, so the one book, I just, I lost a lot of respect for the author um, himself. And so I started it, I read one chapter and I was like, and okay, I get where it's going. And I already kind of know the whole thing about it, but I was like, it was just, it's so hard for me because like, what you somebody we've talked about. Uh, it's Grant Cardone. Yeah. So, yeah, so we've TEDx. talked about him. But like, and I want to, uh, I want to read it. Cause like, I, I love the mindset of it, but I hate him as a person. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. But so now, now my question, so my wife and I, we love this show. It's called Younger. Have you seen it? I have not. All right. So uh, it's got my, my girlfriend, uh, uh, Lizzie McGuire, uh, Hillary Duff, Hillary Duff all day. Um, so, but it's, it's about. You're from that younger generation. Yeah, it's, it's about publishing. And so there's okay. older, there's older. It's about publishing and, and being in this. And so there's a lot of. It's actually a really fun thing. It's about the closest to books that I actually get. Okay. The closest um, to books you get is a TV show. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted um, to make sure we got there. I have, I, I, I think I gave Rich, I gave, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad because everybody said you had to read it and it changed your life. And I literally Did it change your life. I called everybody fucking stupid. Because yeah, I was okay. like, if this changes your life. You like, you need a life in the first place. Um, I was just so irritated I, you know i'm 43 years old still my favorite book that i ever read was phil jackson's i say that there you go i the, i love me some 90s bulls we talk about this all the time so i i was read a book called number of the stars when i was in third grade right i was it was read to me and all through high school everything every time i had to do a book report it was on that book i knew it i can tell you to today about this book I, I did every book report on it. I never had to read. I skated by. If that's what people wanted, yes. Why? Because it's the easy way out. We had to read 1984. I did not read it, right? I went into cliffnotes.com, took my stupid little notes, and I, I got a D on the test. All I needed was a D. People don't understand. All I needed was a D to pass. Like, you I know, when never... some people went to school, there were no dot coms. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have a dot com. I would have I would have cheated though. I would have found somebody and said, Hey, what's the main character's name? What's the plot? And they would have told me. And all I had to do was get two out of ten right. I will tell you, I didn't read 1984, but I did read Animal Farm. <laughs> Great book. <laughs> so um, but my next question. So in in your business, uh, so my old boss when I was working in the warehouse, actually what he's he's a writer slash illustrator. He illustrates books. And his brother does a lot of the writing, but um, I always, I, do you do you have those types of people come in and uh, like read their book or sign their book stuff and do all that? Like, is that something your company does? Yeah, so self-published authors, um, also known as indie authors, are an interesting breed. Um, I'm a huge fan of all books and I'm willing to take a chance on any book. We do a lot of consignment with those, so basically, they get spaced on the shelf and they get paid when the book sells. So if the book doesn't sell, I'm not risking anything. So I'm willing to take a chance on an unknown author and put that out there. Space uh, if they have a relationship with our wholesaler, that's always the best option because that shows to me that you really care about the industry and you're putting yourself out there and you're doing it in a professional manner. If yeah. you just have a box of books in your trunk and you're selling them that way, 
cool. Yeah. I'll take a chance on it and do a consignment. But if you're putting the time into it and you're really treating your craft as like a professional thing, you've created a relationship with our wholesaler. I can get your books through them. You're not just selling on Amazon. I'll take a chance on you. And I, yeah. I've gotten a couple of different books from people who might come in and say, oh my God, my friend wrote this book. It's so good. You should check it out. And I'll pull up my wholesaler. And if they're available on it, I'll take a chance. I'll buy a copy and see if I like it and see if it sells well. And then I'll buy more that way but yeah, yeah. i i um to say I, I know he does a lot of the with the wholesalers and stuff and uh he was trying to get into scholastic he did, they actually do a lot of children's books so i, I bought i bought all of them for my kid um but I'll, I'll have him reach out to you uh for something like that um because you know again not reading not doing anything i remember going to the library because there was an there was an author there actually it ended up being an author of like one of my favorite books when i was a child and he signed it and all that and like i kept it forever and then when my daughter was born uh we had everybody fill out paper or like si sign that book that had his stuff on it and then now she has it for everybody that came to uh the baby shower the gender reveal or something like that so um i will tell you it didn't impact my life in an extreme way but it was so cool one of, one of my favorite gifts so i had an open house in june of i want to say 15. And my favorite local comic book shop, Tardis. Yeah, good good plug for Gavin and Deanna. Um, they were having Jeffrey Brown, and Jeffrey Brown is from Grand Rapids. And he does an entire series on Star Wars. Yeah. Kids' books. So I had this book that my daughter had bought for me, like, the previous Father's Day. It was Daddy's Little Princess. So it was a, a book based on Vader and Leia. And she went down to Tardy's that day and got Jeremy Brown to sign it for me. Nice. Oh, awesome. Sorry, Jeffrey Brown to sign it for me. I, I, oh, I, so you can't I've even... had a little too much here. I, I forgot his name. Sorry, Jeffrey Brown to sign it for me. And I was so just over the freaking moon. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, we inducted him in the 501st oh, as an honorary member. So I got to run that and I was very happy about that. There you go. Um, so I guess me not knowing much about books um what separates you from barnes noble or i don't even know the other bookstore on 28th street that i never go to shapers Schuler's. Schuler's. So sure. Schuler's is an independent bookstore they are an indie bookstore they're just a very big indie bookstore um, so they're like on the next level from what i can what i can do but what indies do better than any other bookstore is we curate our selection so i have 681 square feet I will never be able to compete on price or sheer volumes that like Barnes & Noble can do. So what I have to do is I have to do what they can't do. I have to be very conscious of every book that I have in the store so that way I can make really tailored recommendations to people. So like, I would love for you to come into the store and I will find you a book that you will enjoy and read. Reluctant readers are my favorite. Like I love finding books for people and recommending books to them. So we do that really, really well. When COVID's not a thing, we do events really well and connect and create community and just really have that kind of feel of like, this is my bookstore. I want every customer who comes in to be like, this is my bookstore. I love this place. This is my home. Um, and so we just do that really, really well. You don't get that kind of impersonal, I'm just trying to sell you something feel that you get. Like when you go to Barnes & Noble and you check out and they ask you 63 million different questions about signing up for their whatever thing that they have. And like I said, it's like, you're going to come here and we're going to talk about books and we're going to nerd out about our favorite books being turned into movies. And we're going to talk about, you know, all the things happening in our community because that's what's really important to us and what we do. Yeah. I think that's really hard for me because again, I'll either go to the library, which 
I mean, you're 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 a business owner, so I think it like it might make sense for me to actually come out. But like when I go to library or when I go to Barnes and Noble, I'm like, hey, where's the business business section? I'm looking for this specific. Like I want to, I need to change my mindset to grow, to develop, to become something. Blah blah. blah. Like this is the book that I'm specifically. Oh, here's our business section. People buy this one. I don't want to be people, right? I need to be me, extreme. Like, I need to change my focus, my mindset. I'm here reaching out to help with you. And you just say, and I'm like, that one's purple. I'll do that, right? Like, which Rich Dad Poor Dad is purple. And uh, it's just, uh, it's it's so it's funny because, you know, I was thinking about it as you were talking. Um, I think buying books, in my personal opinion, is just so dumb. Unless you're giving it to the, uh, to the, to the book thing at the end of the street, the free library, yeah. which I love supporting that type of thing. Um, because how much, I, how much I dislike the reading aspect, I love it that everybody else like, should learn and they should get this stuff. Because, um, but what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is I, I, have, I own so many DVDs. Right. And I will watch the same movie. I will watch the same movie 50 times. Right. Like you and I have seen Step Brothers more than most people ever should. Um, That's not true. I've, <laughs> everybody should see it as much as we've seen it. Say, I've seen A Knight's Tale. I am pretty sure I've burned a hole in that. Like, but I don't reread books. And so the idea that people do that and uh, it's just weird because like one's just in your mind and one's played out for you. So um I think, you know, so now do you reread your books or any books? How, like, yeah, I say just. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive rereader. So there's some science behind it, too. They say that people who have um, a lot of anxiety or deal with anxiety, they like to reread or rewatch things because then it takes the stress out of wondering what's going to happen. So I find that, like, 2020, I reread basically everything. Like I was like, I'm not, I don't have it in me to read anything where I'm going to have to wonder how it's going to end. I want to know that everyone's going to be happy at the end and how it's going to go. So I reread a ton in 2020, especially. Um, but yeah, like right now I'm rereading a series that I've read probably like four or five times. And I was just like, no, nope, I want to dive back into that world again. And so I'm rereading it. And does it change, does it change in your mind? I guess does like, yeah. So what really fascinates me is when I reread something that I read at a different point in my life because it's not that I see things that I didn't read before or I'm, you know it's just that I have a different understanding of that world like I read Handmaid's Tale when I was in high school and in my mind I was like that's a wild story like oh it's cool like I enjoyed it it was it was it was a very great book it's really interesting it really sucks you in and I was like okay cool and then I set it down and I went on and I read another book and then I reread that in 2016 2017 it was right after the election and all of a sudden, this same book that I knew the whole story to was a whole different experience for me because I was at a different point in my life and I was in a different place in my life. So suddenly things that I had read before made a lot more sense or like stuck out to me or characters that I didn't like before. Now I have like a lot more sympathy for and understanding of because I was different than who read sure. them before. Nicole brings up a good point. So I have anxiety, you know. Yeah. And... My wife will get mad at me because I don't want to watch certain season finales. She don't want to end. It well until the next season comes because I don't want to sit there and wait three months to find out what the hell happens. Yeah. yeah. And it causes me great anxiety the entire season because they're always building up to this crap. Yeah. 
and I, it just it drives me insane. I am so much happier when I just wait until it hits, you know, Amazon. Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, and I can just binge watch the entire freaking thing, and I I get to find out what happens three minutes later. Yeah, I had this fight with one of my cousins who's you know quite a bit younger than me. He's twenty two. And I told him, you know, as a kid, Empire Strikes Back, I mean, that that was rough. And he goes, what's the problem? I'm like, I had to wait three years to find out if Han Solo died. I had to wait three years to find out if, if Luke Skywalker really was, you know, if he was really Darth Vader's son. You had to wait five minutes. Is he? Shut up. Does he die? Shut up. I'm... I'm asking for our viewers. Shut up. Not for me, because I definitely know the answer to this question. You do not know the answer. Who was the first guy you said? Dick. I, you know, I'm, it's so bad. Like, I, I, I don't cry about it, but like, I have lost so much inner child. I still act like a child, but I have lost so much imagination. I have lost so much not being, like, I am just, I'm so much of a realist now. Everything yeah, yeah. is like and so we talk about star wars and like dude that's not even real world it's not real life like this is nope like here we go like i i think that's why i love those type of things so much because i am such a realist yeah that that just takes me back to just being a kid yeah and you gotta read more kids books is what you gotta do but people often like people will come in saying they want a book and they're an adult and i'll be like here's a ya book or here's a middle grade book or here's a kid's book like freaking read it like you're still reading it's still giving you the brain all of the good stuff of reading and they're great stories and they bring you back to that like hope and, and enthusiasm that you had as a kid in a fantastic story so like i read a ton of kids books and i'm like they're amazing you should read more do you have do you have children oh no 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 i, I just i'm the biggest auntie in the world i'm everybody's yeah. aunt my 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 wife and i so my wife will read my daughter at least two three books a night every night for since she was born and um my daughter absolutely hates it when i read to her right um I, I'm not the best reader in the first place because, like, I've what, seen your text messages. Yeah, I totally my, my, understand. My, my mind, my mind will not comprehend grammar, right? Like, if I see a comma, to me, it's just a yellow, right? Get through that sum bitch as fast as possible. Here we go, right? Like, I will not stop. Um, the point, the point of it's the end of the book. But my daughter now has, and before she didn't like it, now she's changing, and she absolutely loves it when dad creates a mind or a story in his mind and tells her a story. And so I do this, actually, I've been doing it for about the past two weeks, almost every night. And I will, I will create a story and a fairy tale type thing of some sort. And, uh, she, she doesn't love it when, uh, this young girl named Emerson, uh, becomes a real estate mogul. Um, I can't imagine why she doesn't uh, like that story. I mean, unless, unless it's with castles and stuff, but like, so I, I'm wanting to change that up, but no, you know, she was out mowing grass. Dad, this is so boring. Yeah, but this grass, it grew real long, right? Like, uh, <laughs> say. This poor child. <laughs> no, it's, uh, um, I, I, I'm glad that the, uh, the area that you're in hasn't stopped you from growing and developing your business. Um, I'm very happy to hear that the community is, is coming together. So I live in Jenison, Michigan. It is Bible, yeah. Bible Belt of the USA. I mean, it's funny because I have two roads I can turn down to get to my house, and on both streets there's a church on yep. the corner. I'm uh, you can't make this up, people. Yep, I'm same. not lying. And, uh, I grew up in Zealand, so I am very familiar. Yeah, and so um, it is. It is starting to come around, and 
a, a little bit. And the, the other day, my wife yeah, they they rented the seventeen hundred. My my wife went into went for a walk, and about twelve houses from me, somebody put up a, a pride flag. Oh, nice! And it was oh, here we go. Like because of me being who I am, like you will not mess with my neighbor. I don't care. Like I never once touched your Trump flag. I you still have your Trump sign out there. It doesn't bother me. We all know who I voted for, right? I was a Jorgensen fan. Like I'm the only good thing I had going for me. Um, but I will respect your opinion. It doesn't change who you are. How you act and how you carry yourself is is who you are. I, your your opinions, and you know that's just it. Like, um, you know, I I I have the only African American neighbors in Jenison that we know of and they've been there for like 50 years and my neighbor's like they're the greatest people they just don't talk to anybody and I'm like I've met them once and I've lived there for six years so um but you know everybody in my neighborhood is just so but it's it's changed because you didn't if you're young like me um you grew up in you probably mowed your grass on Sunday. Well, the little bit before that, you never mowed your grass on Sunday. You like, yeah. Yeah. And so now, and it's funny because I being the millennial, I'm like, screw this. Like I have, I don't have time during the week to mow my grass. Guess what? Like Sunday's the thing. Saturday, like, and, and people get pissed because, you know, I think it's 8 a.m. is like when the noise thing can, and I'll get up like 8 a.m. and I'm starting. Why? Because I still have the rest of my day. We had to do today's yeah. episode. 30 minutes earlier to schedule because I have to go spend time with my wife and kids, right? Like I have priorities in life. And so guess what? These things need to get done. And there's only so many hours in a week. And that's what drives me is because, you know, I think, I think life is so short. I I focus on that end goal. Like how quick can I get to where I need to be? That's my business mindset. There's other people out in this world. They're like, it'll come, I'll get there. And then I'll ask those people like, Hey, what's your 401k look like? I'll retire. It's okay. Social security's got me. And I'm like, cool, man. Like, let's talk when you're 60. Like, I can't wait to catch up with you. And you're going to have to find me on the beach and I'll come find you still working. Like no disrespect to you, but um, my mind has always been use every minute of time, get to where you want to be and then, and then relax. Right. Like, um, yes, I'm, I'm this big and I, I eat like a crap ton, but if I'm like busy, busy during the day, my wife gets so mad because I'll just wake up, go mow the grass, go grab it, mow a bunch of other properties of mine. And then next thing you know, it's really late in the day. She's like, hey, have you eaten today? No, I've been working. When would I have time to eat? Like, I don't think you understand how this works. And then I scarf a million things. So nice. Dawn entered our live studio, so she's listening to us now. Yeah. Hi, Dawn. But so let's talk. Let's talk real quick. We have a few more minutes. Actually, I I want to get to some. I want to talk about your business. Well, we'll get there in a minute. No, no, we'll right get there now. In a so I mean, this kind of relates to our business. So I know that. Oh, hang on. Don wants to call in. Let's see if that. We're gonna see. Don, are you there? I'm gonna try. Is this working? Hello, Don. Hello, Don. Ah. Don't say connected. Don't say connected. Say we're trying to talk to Don, but while we're talking, Don, whenever you can hear us, just you know, speak. Um, so that was awful. I know Nicole's part of a thing coming to Lowell 
they're going to have a, a Pride Festival? Yes, we are. Lowell's first in-person Pride is happening in June, COVID willing, um, and it's going to be amazing. We're so excited. I, the store is sponsoring part of it, but not all of like it's not it's not a Betty Stages event. We are one of the sponsors, but sure. mostly I was just like, hey, Lowell needs to do this, and so I got some friends together and we've been planning it. Okay. I uh, want to know break room therapy is a, a sponsor of that. They sure are. If you, if you need some assistance of some sort, um, things people don't know about me. Uh, I actually put on a pride event You did in Hudsonville, <laughs> in Hudsonville, Michigan. Um, because again, I don't, I don't love censorship. I will, I, I will agree upon curse words because my wife wants me to respect that. Otherwise I don't usually care. Um, but a girl, so the backstory is real quick. A girl had a shirt that was, um, it was a, a pride shirt type thing. And I think it said Monday or, you know, it's a gay pride agenda or whatever. And it said Monday, be gay Tuesday, super gay Wednesday, really gay. Like Thursday going down, you know, like calming down on the gayness. And then Friday, like party gay. And I was like, and the, the teacher made her take her shirt off the, the principal, like sent her home. And at the time I was, I was making these uh, pride shirts and they have uh, it's, it's a pride flag and it has the state of Michigan cut out of it. And so I go on Facebook and I was like, Hey, if anybody knows this girl, like I have a shirt for her. Like I just, I just want to give her a shirt and people like what you're dealing with kept literally just poking. Oh, this is horrible. Like you're God awful person. And I was like, keep it up. Like all I want to do is get this person a shirt, keep it up. And I will go to the next extreme. Like I have no problem getting my ladder out and buy, like I can buy flags from China. I will put them up on every post down the street of Baldwin. Like you people don't know how much money I will spend just to piss you off because it means nothing to me. Um, so it just kept going and people telling me so much. So I ended up building an entire event, like having it in Hudsonville, got a church on board, like, we have this giant event. The 501st. Like, it was insane. Like, the amount of people that, and then now, like, I look at how, like, our, our event was kind of small. It was very big, but, like, the amount of people that showed, and now, like, the support that's growing just from that and, like, how it keeps going. I'm like, all right, I've done my part. Y'all take it from here because I've pissed enough people off, and I'm okay with it. I, we had we had a death threat for that one. Yep, that was fun, um, and and I don't take those very kindly. <laughs> so <laughs> shocking. Yeah, it's a you know, you know, I'm not I'm not that kind of a person, right? I just I don't I don't play games when it comes to my life because I actually value mine, right? <laughs> say so. You were gonna ask a question, break room therapy wise. Yes, I was. So you guys are in Byron Center. Which, Ultra conservative as well. Which we've already talked about. You yeah. live in Byron Center. A I neighbor, do. a neighbor comes up and says, "Hey, we don't care. We don't about, want those we, people. We don't care for the the gays. The gays and the blacks." And I'm over here like, "Hey, can I go party with them? Because way cooler than you." The guys. gays and the blacks. Yes, of course. Like, um, so, how has it impacted your business? Honestly, we are the exact opposite of Nicole. We have had hardly any uh, kickback from people pissed off about it. We had the one I talked about in the beginning of the episode that wanted to make sure he got paid as much as the gays. Sure. Which 
he's not getting hired, so he's getting paid way less than the gays if we employed any. I don't, say, I don't, I don't know if we employ any. That's not, <laughs> that's not a question we ask. I mean, if they are, that's fine. I don't. I mean, my daughter's a lesbian. I'm, she yeah. can work here anytime she wants. I don't care. Right. I know. I know. The straight guy that works here gets paid absolutely fucking nothing. I, I make no money whatsoever. <laughs> I guarantee the token white male uh, makes less money. <laughs> um, it's not working. Sorry, Don's trying to call. Don, in. Yeah, Don's trying to call in, but it's it's not working yeah. for her. So, so she's probably not going to talk to us. So no no kickback from that. No, we really um, have had none. Have you seen positive like people coming? We out? have people. People have visited us because. Um, oh, she'll be here in five minutes, so she can speak then. Anyways, um, we have. So, like, after Brianna Taylor died, family members of her, because, of course, she's from Grand Rapids originally, family members of hers came in because they needed to blow off some steam. Yeah. And one of her aunts was adamant she just didn't want to go anywhere because she didn't want any backlash. And her daughter, which was a cousin of Brianna's, said, no, 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 look at look at their Facebook. They're, this is a safe place for us. And this was when we were back at the old location and, you know, they came and it, it was helpful to them. And, you know, Dawn was really proud that she was able to, to provide that safe space for those people because obviously, you know, they, they were going through a traumatic event. Yeah. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to be an event like that. I mean, we had a guy booked an appointment yesterday for his girlfriend and her 21st birthday was like five days ago and her grandma died that day. She buried her grandma Mm. that uh, she buried her grandma that day. She didn't die, but either way, that's the hardest day. And at one point she's sitting in the room Mm -hmm. and Dawn can tell, okay, you know, she's, she's gone through most of the stuff, but, She's obviously having an issue. Don went in, talked to her for a couple minutes, and said, "Hey, take all the time you need. You need to cry, cry. You need to scream, scream. It's it's perfectly fine. You do whatever you need to do here." Yeah. And she ended up getting a little extra time because we just could tell she needed it. You know, we're rigidly timed on things, but now that we're in a bigger location, we have a little bit of leeway. Yeah. I mean, unless you're 40 minutes late trying to get your appointment. True story. Yeah. But I mean, you know, with this girl, like you felt for her because obviously she was close to her grandma and her grandma died. And, you know, that that was a raw emotion for this girl. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, let's say I I own a I own a small complex, mm-hmm. right, with uh, mostly Hispanics that live there. Yeah. Uh, ice was a big concern mm-hmm. for a while. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of, you know, I knock on the door and it's as English as possible. Who is it? You know? And it's like, look, I, I I hear from, you know, the community of people that live there. Hey, this is what, look, here, here's, here's number one rules. I will always have your back. Like if anybody knocks on the door, anybody does whatever, you don't have any, you don't have to answer. If you have something that you feel, whatever you may go ahead and give me a call. I will escort these people off of the property at any point in time. That is who I am. If they want to talk to you, they can do it by the correct routes. They can do everything. There's nothing I can do to stop whatever, but I can keep people off of my property and this is my property in the end. Um, you know, and sorry, most sorry. people don't know the amount of things that I do for the people that I care about. Right. And my tenants are people I care about. Right. I've trusted you with my property, which is my life yeah. of financials in the end. Right. 
Um, you know, I, I, I tell this, I tell this very, to, I've never told this to anybody except for my wife, right? Like, and I guarantee you every time I go over there ever since, right? Oh, Mr. Nick, you want a taco? I mean, because they know how to get me, right? It's through, like straight through the stomach, baby. Like it'll get there. But not going to Bud Light, you're a happy man. Factual statement. I mean, I'll drink Coronas. I ain't got no problem. <laughs> so um, let's say, oh, hey, here, so let's pull up a chair real quick. Yeah. Hop on screen. Oh, we'll do that one next week. Yep. Just send it to voicemail. We're not open yet. No, it's my phone trying to call you, and I'm not oh. trying to call you. Dawn's still trying to call us, but she's not trying to call us. There's Nicole. Say hi. Hi, honey. So I just got kicked to the back of the bus. So um, we're gonna we're gonna communicate this way. So Don, um, you own a business here, Byron Center. Um, David's kind of filled us in a little bit, but what is what are some of the the positives about the way you guys have taken stances? Because I know, granted, I've given my money for a T-shirt uh, that you guys are doing here soon. Um, we are. Say so. Like, what what are some of the positives that you guys have seen from from the stances you have taken in your business? Well, first of all, Nicole, I think it's garbage that you've dealt with the uh, what you've had. Um, when I've posted, I have because we're in Byron Center, kind of questioned whether or not we were going to have the negativity, and we haven't had a single one, which makes me proud to know that there are so many supportive people, but sad that you have to deal with as much garbage as what you deal with because it shouldn't be that way. Um, but because we have been extremely vocal and extremely open, we do have those people that feel safer coming here. And that's exactly why we opened our business is to let have people have a safe space to decompress. You're talking to us through your phone. I don't know how to shut it off. Just get, I joined and I couldn't unjoin. Hit the X. <laughs> Just seriously. We're, we're, hitting, we're hitting our... I was uh, trying. But anyhow, like, noise. every time we posted, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to have the problems that Nicole has had. And we haven't, which is great. But it's sad because, you know, I you should be receiving what we are. Well, but, I mean, we had a whole bunch of sorority sisters that came here last weekend. And, you know, one of them was a little bit worried, too. And she saw that, you know, no, look at their Facebook page. They're extremely open. They even posted a live video. And in the live video, they have a Black Lives Matter uh, poster uh, flag. I, w I will know? say another one of my favorite groups because they were elderly black women. And they love to give me shit. <laughs> But, you know, and we're going to have a um, June, we're focusing on Pride. Um, we're going to have a Pride photo shoot here. And I was specific on making sure that, you know, we only are having people in that photo shoot that are of the LGBTQ community because representation matters. Um, and that's, we don't only, on. we don't only speak it, we actually act it as well. And I feel like that's really important. If you want to come be part of the photo shoot, I'm sure Don will take, let them take pictures of me and you holding each other. It's fine. Me, dude, my, my limited time that I have. I, I will um, say one of my favorite pictures, videos with you is us jumping into the pool <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> so, um, so now, so we've talked about the positives, any negative feedbacks, any, anything at all, have you seen business decline? <sighs> no, uh, I don't feel like we've had a negative decline and that's a positive thing. The only thing we had was a very weird interaction with somebody that wanted a job one time. And I, I thought the conversation was going well. And then it gets to, I just want to ask you a question. I'm like, all right, what's your question? And this was not on text or Facebook messenger. It was over the phone. So there's no question on tone or, deliberation of what the intent was 
And the exact question to me was, well, I see that you support LGBTQ individuals and biopic, and I want to know, will I be paid as much as them? And I'm like, what do you mean by them? He goes, well, I just, I know that you support them and I want to make sure you're going to pay me the same. And I'm like, well, actually, based on your question and tone, I can already tell you, you're not a good fit for the business. So you're not going to be getting paid at all. And, you know, it's like, where is this even coming from? Yeah. But we haven't had negativity, um, and, and I'm not, not wanting the negativity, but um, we've had a lot of people feel comfortable because they come here, because they know that they're welcomed here. Yeah. Well, and I can honestly say, I, I said this earlier in the episode, and it'll probably come off wrong, but I'm going to say it again anyways. The only man you employ, you pay nothing to because it's your husband. I don't employ He's a you. straight man. He gets no money. <laughs> I get no money. I know. I'm sorry. How much do you rent for this podcast room? Um, lots. I guess I get money because I get a free <laughs> podcasting room. <laughs> yeah, Nick paid, but it's for t-shirts. But no, I mean, yeah. I'm really proud of you, Nicole. I think taking you've you've taken the beating in just your poster sign alone. I mean, it gets spit on. It gets, you know, so Vandalized. many other things vandalized all the time. And then you upped it and you're like, all right, don't like my sign. Let's do a whole big event, you know, and I hope that you receive nothing but love and support that day. And Break Room yeah. Therapy is proud to support you in your oh, endeavors. Are so sweet. Uh, it just boggles my mind because, like, these people clearly don't know me because every time I'm like, maybe I'll be because I only joined you know, on my way of driving, but she's also a military member. Oh, we, know, we so, let off with that. Yeah. She's anti-American and anti-police. Yeah, I don't know how she can be anti-American when she's a military member, and I don't know how she can be anti-police with who her husband is. So, I mean, yeah, we let off I, I just love when people try to, like, what they try to say that you are, but yet technically they're the ones that sound hateful, and they're the ones that sound, you know, judgmental, and yeah. I don't know. I hear, I hear it so often. It's very funny. We have our we talked about we have our vigil every sunday and there's a guy across the street from us who has his anti-vigil and then there's a guy who stands on the other corner waving an american flag and it's like he could he could go either way except for he's wearing a mega hat so you know exactly which way he's going but the number of people will stop and like thank them for their service assuming that they're the veterans and i'm like on the street corner of the people here i can promise you the only veteran is the one that's standing over here and you're going up I mean, like, okay, whatever. But, like, I, 
it just makes me laugh every time because they, everybody always assumes, even in our house, like people always assume my husband is the veteran and not me. Like he'll get a ton of mail telling him to use his VA benefits and stuff. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not that cool. I'm not the badass. That's my wife. Like she's the one who did all of this. Um, and so she's always very funny when people underestimate me and just think like, no, she's just this cute, sweet little girl with the mermaid hair. Like she couldn't possibly, yeah. Well, that's that's where a lot of it comes from. Is people don't take time to ask any questions. They just look at you and decide what you are. Yep. Again, I'm an equal hate, equal opportunity hater. I hate everybody the same until you give me a reason not to hate you. Yep. But it's not for anything I see. It's just for the fact that you're a person, and I'm probably not going to like you. Well, you see, when you we, say we, that, what I actually find the difference of you, I think that you give people the benefit where you like them, and then you hate them very fast. This is what women do, okay? They always try to read it and do it. David, you're a hater in my eyes, buddy. You could be the hate. <laughs> so, no, he's not. He's an angry man. Um, I'm only a big teddy bear when I can hold your hand and jump in the pool. That's bad. I'll hold your hand. I say, I got this. Um no, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us um, about your bookstore? Where people can find you, um, what what they can do to support you, um, or what they can do to uh, to not support you? And when your event is? Yeah, so we're right downtown Mall, 316 East Main. Uh, you can't miss us. If you drive through downtown Mall, you will see our sign. We're up. The sign is out. We are open. Come on in. Um, we're online at studiespages.com, um, and we're also on Facebook. I mean, we're on all the social medias. TikTok is my new favorite thing. I have a lot of fun on there. Uh, and then our Pride event is going to be June 5th, and it's going to be from 11 uh, until dusk. We're going to have Drag Queen Storytime, which is the event, the portion of the event that Betty's Pages is, is uh, sponsoring, of course. That made quite the splash in town. Uh, we're going to have a panel discussion, so if people have questions that they've always wanted to ask, um, either whether they're part of the community or if they're allies and they've just never had felt comfortable asking, they have. there's a Google Doc where they can leave their questions anonymously, so that way they can ask without feeling like, yeah, sometimes you, like, you want to ask a question, but you don't want to feel stupid. So they can they can ask their questions there, and it's going to be staffed by um, medical professionals, activists, just members of the community. We're going to have a anybody can wear anything uh, clothing fashion show. That's going to be really cool. And then we're going to be doing a showing of the movie Real Boy. And then there will be vendors and all kinds of cool things going throughout the day um, along the Riverwalk. So I'm really excited for that because it's going to be smack dab right in the center of town. It's yeah. really amazing. So, um, say, do you uh, do you need more people to uh, compete in this drag competition? Because uh, I don't know if you know this about me. We have some very fantastic drag queens from Beauty Beyond Drag who are going to come and read stories, and then they're going to do a quick drag show, which will be very very exciting. Because I I don't even care. Like I'm sponsoring the event, so I suppose I should be like in charge and whatever. But I'm going to be front row center. I'm going to be pushing little kids out of the way. Like I'm just like no. I'm ready for story we, time. It's going to be amazing. I, I, I'm actually, so I bowl, I'm leaving in four or five weeks, whatever it is, for Las Vegas. Uh, the first tournament I'm going to is the International Gay Bowling Organization, um, which at the end of that, there's a big banquet, and uh, there's always a drag show. Um, and, and so, of course, the biggest, sexiest one gets called out to do a, um, a dance-off competition, which I want everybody to know. Um, that I officially nailed it. So we pulled up two random people. I, of course, being one of them, the first guy conceded to me. The second person that was brought up 
has been a dancer before doing drag. So I got beat the second one, but I officially won my first ever round of dancing. They conceded. Um, so Daddy Nick's got this all day, every day. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I turn around and I actually bowl the United States Bowling Congress, uh, the USBC Bowling Tournament. And that is normal bowling. And But I happen to bowl with 250 gay people. I'm one of five that are straight in this entire group. And then we just go party and do more stuff because I hate bowling with straight people. <laughs> They're so boring. Um, so if you ever need any, uh, any, because you said I can wear whatever I want. I'm getting out my booty shorts and my, my tank top cut off. Like, this is what's up. Like, my milkshake's going to bring all the boys to the yard. Um, I, we do have uh, volunteer opportunities, uh, and we have a whole host of big burly dudes who are going to be walking around making sure nobody uh, causes any trouble. So if you want to come and join the ranks, we will definitely. I don't, but I'm going to come join the festivities and drink. <laughs> if I wasn't working that day, I'd run around in my Tuscan. Actually, I think June 5th, I don't know if I'm still out of town or if I'm back in town yet, but if I'm in town, I will try to make it. It's going to be a great day. I'm very excited. So um, I think we're all set here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up with uh, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Great episode. I really appreciate your time this morning on a Sunday, especially. And look up Betty's pages. Please follow her. Yeah. I say big shout out to uh, Red's, Red's Wicked. And um, Arnold Spike. Yeah. I say there you go. Um, brewed in, you know, some big giant corporation that we still support because... <laughs> We can't, we can't always get everything we want on a Sunday morning. We can't. <laughs> so, Thank you so much for joining us, Nicole. We, we really appreciated it. Very fun. All right. We will talk to you later. Thank you again. All right. I'll put this in the fridge for the other ones. All right. Oh, man. Shoot.